Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. In our last podcast, which seems forever ago, we talked about the rise and fall of Sam Bankman-Fried and his now bankrupt company, FTX. We spoke of crypto in general having a pretty bad year and what impact that might have on Bitcoin, which was down 65%. But one could say the same of so many other things as well. The NASDAQ had its worst year since 2008 and the dot-com bust of 2000. Stalwarts from Amazon to FedEx and Google to Disney fell 30, 40, and 50%, while smaller companies from Coinbase and Rivian to Snap were down more than 80. Some, like Tesla, held up relatively well all year long until November when, for various reasons, they simply gave up the ghost. But the one thing that seemed to take most people by surprise was bonds. In aggregate, they were down 27.5%. Now, we've been warning this might happen for quite some time, but given the fact it now has, now might be a good time to discuss the whole concept of risk and reward. We know, for example, that if you want the potential of greater reward, one must take greater risk, right? But as I said of bonds, what most consider lower risk or conservative, no longer is. Yes, it's true. In a recent study by S&P, given last year's losses in stocks and bonds, investing in a broad array of diversified funds, whether passive or active, wouldn't have helped much, even with energy up 60%, because the S&P, for example, only started the year with a 3% allocation in the index, and even a gain of that magnitude didn't help unless you were only invested in that sector. And with all the frequent trend changes throughout the year, the market caught most active managers flat-footed. Except perhaps for that handful of macro hedge funds who were able to short the market. But fear of missing out by pandemic day traders and most mutual funds saw firsthand the flip side of taking on too much risk, which during a long period of zero interest rates drove the price and valuation of everything from stocks, bonds, and real estate to art and non-fungible tokens to excess. It seems when people are making money, they forget that there are all kinds of risks. So let's examine that thought. We've all read how even supposedly well-managed financial firms like Goldman Sachs are cutting bonuses, but this, in fact, is something brokerage firms do over and over, over hiring and boom times like they did in 1999 and 2000, and then when the bubble bursts, going through wave after wave of rifts or redundancies, which is a common euphemism for firing people. 
Meanwhile, tech companies have been laying off 10, 15, or 20% of their workforce, which they built up during the pandemic. And given their size over time, these layoffs, well, they're beginning to add up. In other words, while talent might still be in short supply, inflation and supply-demand imbalances are beginning to create headwinds, while Europe and Asia, and especially in China, they're either on the verge or in recession, and their currencies last year lost substantially relative to the dollar. It's having a big impact on their purchasing power on the global stage. So why do we mention this? For one thing, CEO surveys here in the U.S. show most are already preparing for a downturn, if not a downright recession, which, of course, affects their own investment and spending decisions for the year ahead. Lending and credit in most areas of the economy, with housing a prime example, have either slowed or stopped entirely, thereby creating a freeze of sorts. And real estate, which so many say never goes down, has, as young people can no longer afford the price or payment. So, as we've been saying, we've already reached the point where, in my opinion at least, the Fed has gone far enough, and the twin pillars of M2 money supply and demand destruction can take it from here. Our mission in these podcasts is, again, to educate our listeners, to help you make informed decisions, whatever stage of life you're in, and thereby grow your wealth while maintaining financial security at every step of the way. And in our opinion, the best place to start this conversation is by understanding what risk truly means for you. As Barnaby said, what most people consider low risk these days no longer is. And that's a problem, not only because it's what we base our investment decisions on, but because defining risk emotionally is every bit as important as it is monetarily. They can be quite different, but both are critical to your well-being. So let's take a moment to define risk from a few of the more traditional perspectives. There are others, of course, but inflation risk is one of our biggest concerns. It determines what a good or service you purchase today will cost you years from now. And this is important when trying to figure out what it will take for you to retire. In this regard, interest rate risk plays an important part, especially when rates are, as they have been, rising faster than they have in 40 years. If that continues, of course, any attempt to make credible projections of what it will cost to live 10, 20, or 30 years from now may be simply an exercise in futility. In fact, if that happens, you could forget about things like financial planning software or Monte Carlo simulations. If you're using returns for the past 20 years when interest rates were declining and for several years remained near zero, when calculating the expected rate of return on your various asset classes, you can see how the odds your calculations will be off might increase substantially when it will be too late to make further adjustments because then you'd be retired. And this is why we feel so strongly that young people today need more, not less, of an emphasis on basic math and financial skills to help them make good choices when making decisions, like whether it's better to rent or buy, to buy or lease a car, or if going to college will be worthwhile when taking student debt into account. In 2008, Dan Ariely wrote a wonderful book titled Predictably Irrational. 
in which he took a look at how context and comparison influence our decision-making. He showed how first decisions can become so important. And as we often point out, when it comes to things like bias and making assumptions, they often incorrectly impact our decisions for the rest of our lives. He points out how our emotions bring out the Jekyll and Hyde in all of us and how the desire for short-term gain over long-term benefits may lead a person to save less. The truth is we often inflate the value of our belongings and fear giving them up. Or we try to keep as many opportunities open as possible instead of making a choice and committing. Even when those opportunities may have little actual value, for fear of missing out on something we could one day regret. Suffice to say, after the damage done last year, we all feel the loss versus what we had at the peak in 2021. The gains we enjoyed were supposed to be locked in forever. And it doesn't matter that in many cases the price of many things are back where they were as well. Back to where they were pre-pandemic, including the price of lumber at 350 per thousand board feet, or West Texas crude at 75, which is where it was in 2006, 9, and 14. But it's true. When it comes to things like food and housing, for those, while prices may have come down a bit, it's all about affordability. And as I said earlier, between the price of a home and today's mortgage rates, buying a home may be out of reach. And the cost of food is forcing people to make choices they didn't have to make in the past. This may be why millennials and Gen Z are so vocal about pay and work-life balance. So it isn't all about a sense of entitlement. But those discussions they're having with management won't be easy ones anymore because companies are getting squeezed on all sides. Labor costs, whether they're fair yet or not, have risen substantially. And with deglobalization, or as we call it, regionalization, the cost of onshoring and nearshoring, while something they should have thought about doing a long time ago will be higher and with demand beginning to subside they won't be able to pass these costs along as they have and many will most likely face flat or declining earnings this year and despite the need the odds of reaching a bipartisan support for substantial immigration reform for the caliber of people we need most it seems unlikely So given the decline in birth rates in most developed countries, including here, it may take us a generation or more to catch up with job openings. But being the optimist I am, I still believe there's a chance for another baby boom. And soon, as millennials and Gen Z enter their peak earning years and emerge from their full-time work-from-home cocoons, they will begin to engage again. Next week, we'll continue our discussion of risk and reward when we offer our own perspective on how things have changed and what we think investors should do about it. Please join us. In the meantime, thanks for listening, everyone. Lori and I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, that you'll share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. This is Barnaby Levin and Lori Cammy for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not 
and offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable, and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data, or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced, and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth, and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.